we were recommended this movie by a friend, and it's called Hunger.、Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. It's a Thai movie that came out this year. And、um, what did you think about it, Jim? I thought it was really. It had a really good start.、Mm-hmm. And I thought that the setup was all good, and you had these two interesting characters. You know, you had a a woman who was discovered in Bangkok.、Mm-hmm. This takes place in Bangkok in a very working class area.、Uh, she has a restaurant, family restaurant, and then this guy comes and discovers her.、Mm-hmm. And then we meet the head chef, Chef Paul. Chef Paul,、mm-hmm. and her name is Aoi. Aoi, is、uh, it Aoi? I don't know. We're Being culturally ignorant, but let's just go with that. It sounded so. The vowels in Thai are very different from what we're used to、yeah. as English speakers and、mm-hmm. Korean speaker.、Um, so I, it sounded like Aoi, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but I don't want to.、Yeah. But I don't want to do that too、uh, particularly. Right, right. But but that's kind <laughs> of what it sounded like to me.、Um, yeah. I did mention that we were talking about how we do. We just don't understand how. Thai works phonetically. Oh yeah. I tried to learn Thai at some point, and、mm-hmm. then I was just like, "This is just not going to happen." Yeah. Yeah. yeah.、Um, I think I would try again if we end up spending more time there. Yeah. So we both spent time in Thailand.、Mm-hmm. I I lived in Thailand for a little while, and not quite sure yet, but I may move back there,、mm-hmm. and then you know we might. Develop a home there. Yeah, and in that case, I'm probably going to have to get a crack at it again. But the squigglies, like the,、um, you the know, the, the, the writing is beautiful, but they just look like squigglies to me. And、yeah. I, you know, I should try harder this time around. I'd love to learn the script. Yeah,、um, that the. I'm so bad with languages. I took intensive Korean classes for、mm-hmm. years, and I. Can do taxis and restaurants, and that's it. And and make funny jokes with you. Right. I think I know why you're bad at languages. I know why I'm bad at. Well, why? Why do you think you're bad at? Because languages? Because to learn a language, you have to be willing to look like an idiot. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. I have too much of a、um, elevated opinion of myself, or something, where I don't. It, it comes.、Right. You know, yeah, all these things come from childhood, and it comes from childhood insecurities <laughs> and things like that. I, Let's not psychoanalyze me right now. I wasn't trying to say that, yeah, but, but I was, I was trying to say that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wouldn't have said that in those words. But that's、yeah. precisely why you're so bad、that's、at languages. That's it. Yeah, because、um, like my friend Anthony, he he came and in within a year he was speaking Korean. He speaks fluent German and、uh, Spanish and English also, so it helps. But、mm. he just dove in,、uh-huh. and he doesn't mind looking like an idiot. Right. So that's the thing with learning a language. Yeah, and it's not you know nobody thinks you're an idiot. That's the thing. Like nobody is going to be like. Here's the thing though. They、yeah. laugh at you, and I know it's a it's it's a mix. It's a laugh that's a mixture of、um, discomfort、mm-hmm. and、um, amusement.、Mm-hmm. It's not a hateful, spiteful laugh. Right. But it is just a. It's a sound that makes me. It's you know when I'm trying to do something and somebody is、mm-hmm. laughing, I have、right. a hard time. <laughs> right. So,、um, but yeah, we might、uh, yeah, we might develop a home, a, like a second home there. Right. In that case, you're gonna have to learn Thai though, like more Thai、no. than you know.、No. Well, then what is it gonna be like? Another Korea where I translate for you all、no. the time? No. There's. In in Thailand, a lot of people speak English.、That's、a lot、true. of Thais speak English. I still think that one should. I absolutely agree with you, but、yeah. th- the enormous amount of effort and time it takes to learn a language, especially、mm. at my age, it's just not time well spent. I, but I also think that it's a little bit of language is better than no language, like a little、yeah. bit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, language to get by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so I'll like I think her name. What? Why? Why don't we actually look it up and then get? You well, know, I don't want to have the wrong name. It's Aoi. Okay, it's Aoi. Okay. I don't. Let's just call her. All right, Aoi. Yeah. Yeah. Aoi. Aoi and Paul. Okay, I think it was, they were pronouncing Paul. it as Paul, and I know a Paul in in Thailand, so mm-hmm. maybe that's a name. They were showing it in the subtitles as Paul. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to call him Paul. I d- I do think that some Thai people, especially in Bangkok, they have like an English version of their names. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe that was an English, an anglicized version of his actual. Could Thai be, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I thought that the I thought the beginning was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to see, let me just say that it's nice to see a Thai film get this high level of production values, mm-hmm. which is not easy, or it's not common in, in Thai films that I've seen. There's great Thai films, but there's only a couple of directors who I think are internationally known. Okay. And this, I think, is a high production value, well-lit, well-lensed, well-shot, well-edited film. And it's nice to see that. Because you, I don't think you get a lot of Thai films. I think we're going to get a I lot. I think we're of, going to get yeah. more now. Like Korea is way ahead, you know. Right. But high production values, good actor. The two main actors are really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the setup was good. It was a little cliche, but mm-hmm. I thought it worked well. But then it started to fall apart for me. Well, for me, I felt like at some point they had an idea of what the moral of the movie was going to be and then they started drilling it over and over right they started to like just hit it and hit it and hit it and it's like okay we get the picture but they were trying to like say it in so many different ways uh-huh. what is the moral because I'm I don't even know I mean I right go ahead what do you think it I got the impression that the movie was trying to tell me that chef Paul's life is just not it's no good you don't want his life success at all costs leaving people behind and like not having any friends and prioritizing money and status over everything is just not worth it Mm. and um without love and friendship and the things that matter in life Mm -hmm. things like a career in cooking or even food Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it that's i think the moral of the, the story okay yeah i think you're right and you could apply that to many different crafts, mm-hmm. obviously. It kind of flips the myth of the genius, mm-hmm. in a sense. Sort of exposing the the dark underbelly of the genius um, you know, mythos, the, the whole mythology of, of, of genius. There was that element. There was also the, the socio... See, where I had a problem was the socioeconomic, the division of classes. I don't think they handled that very well. Oh, well, So I think that, that was the other message. Like, yeah. they both come from lower class upbringings Mm. and then they're serving food to these ultra wealthy people right and this disparity Mm. in wealth Mm -hmm. i thought was not handled very well because i don't know what the filmmakers were trying to say about this division we see symbolically the gluttony of the of the rich Mm -hmm. through the way that they eat right right? and i guess an element of poetry in the sense that it's these lower class people Mm -hmm. who are giving them what they hunger for yes yes but at the end, mm-hmm. I don't know what we take away because it started fumbling. It just started fumbling yeah, yeah. the it was ball a sloppy, in, the, yeah. in the third act. So what happens is she becomes really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how she becomes a walk chef and then is all of a sudden good at these like what this record producer in Nashville used to call tall food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the food that kind of stacks in the in the middle of the plate. <laughs> With the sea foam, yes, like, yes, yeah, yes. garnish. I don't know how she got to that. <laughs> right. um, 
but we never really see quite how she develops. Well, we did kind of because her uh, the the guy who recruited her, who became romantically involved mm-hmm. with her, kind of gave her um, like a one day class in what he learned at like Cordon Bleu or whatever. Yeah, a date. Yeah, yeah, a date. But then he was <laughs> it was implied that he was teaching her. Okay, the okay, th- yeah. fair enough. Yeah, she so she breaks away from him because mm-hmm. he finally crosses her moral threshold right and she goes out on her own she becomes magically financed by some guy mm-hmm. which is fine that's okay that's believable at least it's not a deus ex machina or something like that it actually it, it makes sense that somebody else would come in and finance her right. as this breakaway kind of talent mm-hmm. younger talent mm-hmm. he wants to exploit her because she's the new thing right um, but she has this conversation with her boyfriend who discovered her and she's like, why? You're not ambitious enough. You're not going for it enough. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of revealed that she has lost her way mm-hmm. and she's lost her family. And that's when I started going, well, wait a minute. What is the, her motivation in all of this? She said, I want to be special. Mm-hmm. And this reminded me of Whiplash. Oh, it, it, it was very, very reminiscent of Rip Whiplash, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. But just to, just to finish kind of where I fell apart mm-hmm. with this movie is there's that element where it's like, I don't understand what why I'm supposed to root for her, really. And then it became, then the final act was this, this cook-off mm-hmm. for these rich people. Mm-hmm. And it's her teacher, it's the master and the pupil cooking against each other mm-hmm. for the favor of these wealthy people. Right. And it becomes this back and forth, like a contest, mm-hmm. like, a, like a boxing match. Right. Which is kind of what Whiplash did too, in a, in a sense. Um, um, right, not so not that literally, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But then at the end, they battle each other, and then the rich people just go on eating, and there's mm-hmm. no change. And so it's is are they trying to say that the lower classes fight among themselves while the rich just continue being wealthy? I think that was one of the messages because um, at some point there was one of the sous chefs. Um, they were catering to this like um, very broy crypto broy party, um, where like a bunch of um, girls were you know bought mm-hmm. to entertain these two crypto bros, mm-hmm. and uh, they obviously hired Chef Paul even though they had like they didn't really appreciate the food because mm-hmm. they have no taste. Right. And there was a conversation between the the sous chefs. Um, Right. Saying most of us we just we don't get there. Like yeah, we'll we don't never we'll be, never be mm-hmm, that. Yeah. And we just sort of like we stay here mm-hmm. for all of our lives. Mm-hmm. They kept mm. on saying, um, you know, most people are not special. If you want to be special, you have to have that hunger, you mm-hmm. have to be able to, you know, make every sacrifice mm-hmm. po- and then you're also you have to have that thing where, mm. you know, you have to want it. Right. And so that was the whole thing with Chef Paul. He was like, okay. you really need to want it. Yes. You know? Okay, yes. Yeah. And I don't know if I like that message. You hate that message. Yes. Yeah. But the thing I, but is... But see, I do, like the idea, I do like the idea of dedicating yourself to a craft. Uh-huh. Dedicating yourself to something that calls to you. Mm-hmm. But she said, I want to be special. Right. That was her motivation. Paul's motivation was, I want to... Mm-hmm. Flip the middle finger to these people right. uh, from when I was young, right. and they embarrassed my mom. Uh-huh. I don't think either motivation is good. Well, I don't think this movie was trying to say that that motivation is good. Okay, so yeah. then it's just a nihilistic film. No, I think in the end they were trying to make the point that it's not good that that motivation is not good. 
Aoi ended up going back to her her family's noodle entirely predictable place. I, I mean we could see that yeah coming. she yeah. chose mm-hmm. when she could have chosen her career right mm-hmm. um, she went back and she went back to running the noodle place with her family because mm-hmm. family is more important than being special mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know um, I think that it was very clear what the movie was trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it was it was obvious mm-hmm. that that was going on. But but you had to the, just the way it played out. It was there was just nothing meaty, <laughs> right? <laughs> to, no no pun intended. There was nothing meaty to mm-hmm. it. It was either it was either nihilistic or heavy handed on on the message that mm-hmm. they were yeah, trying yeah. to say. And and so yeah, it's entirely predictable. Sorry, spoilers. Um, that she goes back to her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it kind of descended in th- into this good versus evil binary played out among the lower classes who were I don't know it just didn't sit well with me. You seem to really not like this kind of theme. No, it's not that I don't because I I've seen this theme played out in other mm-hmm. a lot of other films and it was done artfully. Uh-huh. This is what I mean by nihilistic. There was no uh, there was nothing to take from from it in the sense that there was again the when they had their confrontation at the end of the film the competition, what happened after that was the rich just kept on partying. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a commentary, but it's a very nihilistic one. That's fine. I don't mind nihilism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if that's the case, I need to feel something from the characters that I care about. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care about any of these characters. Mm-hmm. I thought the acting was great. I thought they were great performances. I thought they were interesting. But I never got a sense that anyone had a, a good ethical foundation be- because, again, she just wanted to be special. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it kind of sounded like... It, it looked like the mm-hmm. filmmakers decided what they wanted the message to be, and then they sort of, like, built the plot and characters around the message. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it felt to me like a movie yeah. that had been thought up in a boardroom. Yeah, yeah. So somewhere. it kind of it, it functioned like a TV ad or something. Yeah. Um, so that I think that's why maybe it didn't work. Um, there were so many other details that I really liked about the movie. Me too. Um, character study was probably not one of them. I liked how fine dining was sort of portrayed, and it's there's something very Emperor's New Clothes about fine dining. Um, I have limited, but you know, very real fine dining experiences. I lived in Paris for a few years and I've had clients, you know, I worked in several different fields, but there was, there were situations where I had to like take my clients out to dinners and lunches in Michelin star restaurants and, you know, do the whole thing where, you know, you do wine pairing and all that. I have never developed a taste for fine dining. Me neither. It, It makes me really uncomfortable because it, really feels like a waste of money and maybe mm-hmm. it's because I don't have a very sophisticated palate because I know people who genuinely enjoy fine dining. They genuinely enjoy weird food and tasting menus and wine pairings and they taste everything and they like the sea foam with the uni and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. cockroaches which is actually a thing that they served at mm-hmm. I think El Bulli or something. I'm a bit of a peasant when it comes to food and I really really like mm. cheap local dishes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've never gotten into the fine dining thing like you. Uh-huh. I was I used to work for a company that used to jet set around mm. and meet music producers and yeah, things like that yeah. and we would have the best steak in New York City and things yeah. like this. 
there's certain um, elements of it like where I'm okay uh, I'm like this is good of course this, I understand course, that this is yeah. really good but it's not something that I crave it's never something right. that I crave uh, well, let's just put it this way if I were to pay my own money yeah. like I don't think I would do it it would I wouldn't do food yeah. I don't understand this obsession with, with yeah like high high level cuisine I don't get it at right. all right so there in the movie Chef Paul talks about how we you know those of us who eat to live right yes would never understand like once that base the baseline needs mm -hmm. are taken care of you start hungering for something more right and so that's i think the essence of fine dining according mm -hmm. to this movie what that is it can depend on the person mm -hmm. um it could be status it could be recognition it could be you know novelty mm -hmm. and so chef's paul chef paul's thing is to create food that kind of brings out the primitive mm -hmm. you know urges in you within you and the hunger within you right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so his dishes are very meat based mm -hmm. um they seem to be very like you know at one point like he barbecues a, an animal i don't know what that was and then people tear into it mm -hmm. like you know with their bare hands Do you remember the spattering of the plate yeah the, to make blood stream across yeah, the plate? yeah yeah and um and he's got it all over his apron yeah and then so the first task that he tasks aoi with was um the wagyu right he says you have to cook it just enough so that people don't even have to chew yeah like right. it has to melt in your mouth mm -hmm. and so she can't do it like she has to have like absolute control of the the walk right mm -hmm. and that was very that scene was very whiplashy to me i was just going to say that <laughs> so that was very whiplash when you saw that she her arms were spattered with oil yeah. and that was my first that was my first uh-oh uh -huh, moment yeah, when i saw yeah. that because for those of you who haven't heard our talk on whiplash mm -hmm. we absolutely destroy this movie yeah and because we both hate it and uh -huh. we bonded over our hatred right, for this movie right right yeah, so that was the bloody fingers mm -hmm. on the on the drum kit, as if you have to bleed in order to right. be good. Right. So she has all these burns yeah. on her forearms, and mm -hmm. she was like Some practicing freaking third degree burns. On yeah, her arms. flipping the walk for like all night. Second degree burns. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. and then she kind of and she has to learn how to slice the wagyu mm -hmm. just thin enough mm -hmm. so that it would cook the right way. And mm -hmm. she spent like all night doing it, and she yeah. finally does it the mm -hmm. next day or something, right? Um, I don't think I've I've never really cooked, but I don't think skill is acquired overnight. I think it's like exactly. <laughs> I had that same thought. I don't think you can binge no. work on like skill like no. that, right? It just no. comes with like persistent effort. This is what like. yeah. This is another part of, part of the problem is that everything seemed to happen very easily and yeah, yeah, quickly. Like she learned very fast, even though she was being abused, like as in right, right. as in Whiplash. Right. Can we talk about the Whiplash comparisons a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. How is this movie, and I'm asking you this as an open question, mm -hmm. how is this movie different than Whiplash? Well, I think um, it has it has more of a clear side. Like, it, it's like, you know, oh, that's good, and this is bad. And, like, you know, and Chef Paul was p painted as clearly an abusive mm -hmm. um, party, right? Well, Very so was abusive. the teacher in Whiplash. No, it wasn't clear to some people. Okay. It really anyway, wasn't good. some like genuinely people are out there believing that oh that's a good teacher. No, that's not a good teacher. Right, but that's okay. you know I'm All saying right. that like it's not okay. clear to most people like okay. to to others as much as it was. People who to don't know you. music. Yeah, and also it's up for debate. Like you know some people might genuinely I mean you know whatever floats your boat. People who want to be abused in order to become great. 
Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, you know, they, there's a kung fu movie element to all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Where the You've master, said that a of yeah, times, the master, like, makes the pupil do something repetitive for, like, a fortnight or something for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he comes out like, wow, show, show. Have you seen Karate Kid? Yeah. That was done well. Yeah. Because he said, wax the car. Right. And then wax off. Right. Wax on, wax off. Yeah. He didn't fucking punch him in the face. Right. So the Kung Fu movies, usually the the master has very good intentions mm-hmm. for the pupil. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas in this case or in Whiplash's mm-hmm. case, but the, although that's debatable, there is some weird like narcissistic yeah. abuse going on. Right. Um, so the narcissist, it was very clear in this movie that it was narcissistic abuse. Whereas in Whiplash, I don't think it was clear to everyone. It's clear to me. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think to you as well. Right. Um, I think that she has a better core than Mm -hmm. Miles Teller's character does in Whiplash. Miles Teller's character in Whiplash has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Zero. Mm -hmm. She has redeeming qualities. For sure, yeah. She has, you know, she's she's bound to her family and... um, But she does have that thing that Miles Teller's character has, which is, I want to be special. I think at that age, everybody does. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that's a good message. I don't think that's a good ethics. Well, well yeah, but that is, but the reality is, I think the youth mm-hmm. are very much and understandably drawn to those kinds of values. Yeah, and they should be, you know, disabused of those values. And she was, in the end. I thought she clearly okay. was. I, I, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, which is, that would be the so primary that's a difference, difference that's between a difference. Whiplash yeah. and this movie. In Whiplash, he wins by imposing a drum solo <laughs> on the rest of the band. <laughs> Again, flipping the middle finger to everybody who is in the band, all the fellow musicians. Um, She wins, I guess, in a sense, by cooking crybaby noodles, Mm -hmm. which is a family recipe. Right. So, but it's not a, so so this, you know, this is the same thing we got in Ratatouille. It's the Mm -hmm. exact same thing, except Ratatouille handled it much better because it was for somebody else to trigger that... Proustian Madeleine mm-hmm. kind of memory trigger. Mm. In this, it's her own memory. It's her own family recipe. Mm. I, I guess maybe the combination of ingredients would do that for someone else, mm. but it seemed a selfish. I think it was sensory just, trigger, um, rather than yeah. In Ratatouille, where he understood that the, that the man, the right, critic, right. would have that yeah. in himself, right. and I think that this is a fundamental problem with a lot of movies today. Mm. Which is, it has to come back to what I think is valuable. Mm, okay. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. So, and then also, <laughs> the other thing that ends the, again, spoilers, the other thing that ends it is a, um, a call out, a calling him out mm-hmm. on social media in a really awkward moment when the police mm. walk in. Right. <laughs> right at the moment mm. when everybody sees on their phones, oh, the cliche, they really shouldn't have done that. We've seen this a hundred times in a movie mm-hmm. where everybody gets, and then right. the... The evil guy loses because of social media. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think it was on the news, babe. Yeah, but everybody yeah. was getting bloop bloop bloops. Yeah, it's because it was getting shared. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. Mm. The, the ending completely fell apart for me. Right. I once again, I don't take any of these Netflix movies seriously. I I wa- I really just watch them to you know pass time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, this was. 
like, you know, I could give it a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I could give, you know, I, I was, I did not regret giving this a try. Yeah, I Which agree. is more than I can say for a lot of Netflix films right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some movies, some of the things that I've watched, I wanted my time back. Um, Most of what I watch on Netflix, I mm-hmm. want my time back. Yeah, but I think this is a good start to what I think will be a Thai culture renaissance in the future. Good. And I don't know... I have re- my reasons to um, as to why I'm saying these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of industry people in Korea have like are moving to Thailand. Mm, okay. Um, a lot of there's a lot of um, interest in living in Thailand from creatives. Mm-hmm. A lot of incentive to live in Thailand as the rest of Asia becomes sort of not as livable. I think mm-hmm. you know there's just a lot. It, it's one of those places where it's they're attracting a lot of talent and attracting a lot of young people. Um, I I see a certain energy when I go there that mm-hmm. is very yeah. reminiscent of like Korea maybe like 10, 15 years ago. Okay. Um, so I think that we're going to see a lot more Thai content, like really, like really good yeah, Thai good. movies. Good. I think. Yeah, it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. I just next, you know, the next Thai movie that I see, I hope it's not doesn't seem like it's constructed in a in a boardroom somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You borrowing plots from you know, elements from Whiplash and yeah, taking advantage of the popularity of Thai food mm-hmm. and Thai cuisine, mm-hmm. and then pulling from a movie like Ratatouille. Um, but that's going to happen, you know. On Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I didn't really expect that much from it, and that's why I'm being, like, mm-hmm. just so... I, I, I feel very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like just seeing Bangkok and, um, you know, seeing food. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and... I, I've never been into food, though. I've never been into... F- I, I don't watch any of these cooking shows. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't I don't understand what is up with the I mean I know I'm like 10 years behind in this question but what is with the fascination with cooking shows It gives you ideas it gives you desire it gives you desire to travel and to consume anything that is directly related to consumption is going to sell on TV mm-hmm. period I think it's um a very good way to you know past time like you know just look at food other people making preparing food um eating food i like looking at people eating which is something that you don't seem to understand um i think there's something very primal about it also i think certain cultures are really food obsessive and i think a lot of asian cultures are but it's huge in the states like both of my sisters watch food like cooking shows and you you couldn't i mean you'd have to bind me to a chair to have me watch a people cooking on TV. Well, that's, I think, a very personal thing Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, of course you. it's personal. Yeah. I just don't, so I wanted you to tell me what you, and you did. Yeah. 